Welcome to the Cinegirl Podcast. I'm Fran. And I'm Brainy. And this is the podcast where we talk about film and TV and the way it reflects different topics. This is our first official Cinegirl Podcast episode, and our topic choice for this episode is mental health, which is a very interesting and crucial topic in these circumstances. <laughs> it sure is, yeah. I mean, in light of everything at the moment, um, obviously we are recording this remotely and yeah, I think mental health has been a topic that's been on everyone's minds constantly at the moment. You know, everything is so different and we're really thinking about the way that our mental health is affected. Absolutely. And no, I agree. I think it's um, something that should be discussed a lot more often <laughs> and hopefully, um, you know, after we all go back to a new normal we can appreciate a lot more uh, mental health and of course uh, mindfulness too so today we chose um, a film and a series uh, which uh, I think are both very interesting in how they represent mental um, illness and um, shall I start with mine yeah I chose uh, Tully which is a film directed by Jason Reitman, um, starring uh, Charlize Theron. And it's a rather controversial uh, new movie, but I think it's still amazing because it's addressing postpartum struggles and depression. Um, and I think it's a subject which is rarely depicted on screen. So I, I really liked Tully. <laughs> Yeah, I thought it was great too. And uh, so I picked This Way Up, which is a, a sort of comedy drama TV series. And it's following uh, a young woman who kind of returns back to life after having, um, as she calls it, a mental breakdown. And it's sort of exploring the way that that she finds the world afterwards. Um, and I should mention as well that we're also going to be talking about episode three of Modern Love, which is our guest's choice. And the episode is called Take Me As I Am, Whoever I Am. And it's about a bipolar woman who struggles to find love between her highs and lows. Hmm. Well, you know, what I loved about all of these three choices is that finally we are seeing on screen mental health depicted in a respectable manner I think because if we look back at history we have films like Psycho, The Shining, I mean the list goes on and is always associated with aggressiveness or you know crime or killing everything is always so negative and and the, the worst possible type of mental health and I think finally we're seeing it in a more you know dare I say healthier way <laughs> Yeah, I agree. And the fact that it's all um, female protagonists as well that we're looking at and, you know, the fact that women and, and mental health is always so kind of, it's portrayed as so over the top, I think. And yes. yeah, as you said, you know, violent, aggressive, it's these women that are, need to, you know, calm down, love, that's the kind of thing, isn't it? So yes. we're seeing such a a more personal and, and, you know, intimate relationship. Absolutely. No, I mean... 
And and that's what I loved about Tully, because it, it depicts an image of motherhood that is actually, you know, uh, very real. You know, the leaking breasts, postpartum belly, a completely, you know, mess in the house. And it's definitely not, you know, the usual glamorized version of of, of motherhood that we tend to see. So, um, you know, I'm a mother myself of two. So when I when I watched Tully, yes, okay, it was actually also addressing um, uh, postpartum psychosis, which is a, another form of uh, mental health, and it's quite rare. But still, you know, it's, it's a starting point, because um, I think we need that. We need more of that um, honesty on screen. Yeah, absolutely. I remember when I watched Tully, actually, I was really surprised about kind of how Charlize Theron looked in the film um, because, you know, she's a very glamorous woman and she obviously yes. is very, very attractive and you sort of see her, you know, really not looking her best, which I think on so many levels is amazing. On one hand, it's yes. so great to see an actor not worrying about that. Like that's, for me, that's a really important thing. But also it's just so realistic, isn't it? Like so many times you just see women bouncing straight back after having a baby as if it's not an issue. And that's really unhealthy, I think, to, it's it's an unhealthy way to show how women cope with with childbirth because, you know, if everyone's expected to just bounce back and look amazing afterwards, then the people that don't, they probably think, what's wrong with me, you know? Absolutely. No. And there's also what, what I loved about in this way up, I think, is um, when she goes to see her uh, counsellor or therapist and, you know, they're talking, you know, they're discussing how to channel that inner strength that she has inside. So, again, it's looking at the positive side, is looking at the brighter side. It's not all, you know, uh, the worst possible scenario. Um, you can you know, cope with it. You can live with it. It's just a matter of finding a coping mechanism, a method, you know, therapy that works. For sure. I think, I think with this way up, one of the reasons that it resonated with me so much was it's really just about the everyday and just coping with life as, as normal. You know, I think a lot of the time mental health is really portrayed as a huge, a huge big thing. Um, whereas obviously, the protagonist who's played by Ashlyn B she has she has had a suicide attempt but afterwards it's kind of just the way that she takes every day and there's humor but there's also sadness and and it's just a really lovely combination mm -hmm. and I think a lot of young people and young women especially can really relate to that because you know even if you don't have I think I think a lot of the time with mental health people are sort of like oh either you know you have something diagnosed or, or you're fine. I think that's kind of a, a very classic stereotype with mental health. Um, that is, yes. But, you know, mental health is something that we all have to think about every day. And, you know, to a degree, everyone, everyone experiences anxiety at, at some time, and especially at the moment, like anxiety is such a huge thing. Absolutely, yes. I mean, you know, we've been, we've been cooped up in our houses. In lockdown at home every day. I mean, I'm, you know, I've, I've my, my daughter, she's homeschooling. I have a 10-month baby. So mm. absolutely, yes, I do need my uh, me time, as I call it every day yeah. is absolutely essential it's crucial but yeah i mean i think there's there has been improvement in the industry on that level in the recent years um because also we look at other um films that i was watching uh recently again i obviously chose some parenthood theme based uh films and series but like um i was watching working mums 
which mm. is, you know, it follows four mothers and everyone has a different story, a different background. And again, it, it is very um, realistic. Also, uh, The Letdown, um, which was is directed by Trent O'Donnell, which is fantastic. We have other films like uh, Bad Moms, which, yes, okay, it's fun. It's a comedy. It's lighthearted. <laughs> but uh, it, it, it gets to the point that, you know, you can't, you know, always be perfect. It's impossible. You are going to have a moment where you're going to, uh, you know, just burst. <laughs> yeah. I think actually, even though Bad Moms is, you know, obviously it is a silly comedy, I think it's really good in showing the the differences in, in female roles because, you know, yes. so often in the past, we've just had either the perfect mum role or the like whore basically <laughs> and you know it's kind of like oh okay th this is actually showing mums being real being real people and I think yes. um even things catastrophe as well I don't know if you've seen that it's um Sharon oh, Horgan no. Sharon Horgan and Rob Delaney they're both great and that's really good in showing parenthood for for, for what it actually is instead of this kind of perfect picture of you know, getting everything right all the time. They're constantly getting it wrong and it's hilarious. Well, absolutely, yes. But I mean, another one now that I was thinking of, I think if we look back, Erin um, Brokovich. I mean, that's another great example of, you know, depicting a woman for her true strength in an honest and realistic way. Um, and, you know, she's really trying to raise her kids. She's trying to, you know, uh, manage her, her job, her life as a single mom. Um, and I think maybe, you know, that could be maybe one of the first films that I think I truly started understanding and appreciating, you know, uh, mental health in in parenthood as well, but also, you know, around female-centered roles, which, again, yeah. as you say, they're always portrayed in a, in a negative way or, you know, very um, sad, <laughs> yeah. never strength. <laughs> yeah, Erin Brockovich is, is a great film, I think. it's It, it really shocked a lot of people because especially the male role in that her partner is it her husband I think so um and he's just completely nothing in character and so many men yes. were like oh my gosh like this this male role is so rubbish and it was like this is what we've been experiencing for years <laughs> like yes, get over absolutely, it <laughs> yes yeah I agree I agree Absolutely. I mean, um, you know, I think there is a lot uh, to to learn from from films because they do end up um, teaching us something, whether we want it or not. You know, subconsciously, we always take away something from a film, a series or, you know, um, any, anything we watch, really. So uh, as an industry, I think we do have a responsibility somewhat to start portraying more realistic um, stories. I think not sort of forcing things with the genre as well especially with mental health because I feel like there's been quite a lot of fear um in the past about having any kind of comedy when showing mental health because you know people don't want to get it wrong they're worried about being insensitive um but I think some you know a show like This Way Up it it combines the comedy and the drama so well and it shows that like you don't you know it doesn't have to be really serious intense show to show mental health within it it doesn't it doesn't have to be this really like forced message um and I think we're seeing a lot more of that now which I'm loving you know especially as a comedy writer it's so nice to see 
the comedy and drama intertwining a little bit more and and that's real that's real life you know you're not you don't feel one way all the time you can there's still plenty of times that you laugh even when you're feeling sad and you know plenty of times you cry when you're <laughs> when you're feeling happy yes no i agree i agree well um i think we're ready to welcome our guests yes let's do it <laughs> So in light of our current circumstances, we are recording this remotely. Um, we are as the same as everyone else doing a podcast. <laughs> and um, obviously with COVID-19, we are using the best of our abilities to create this for you. So bear with us if there are any technical issues. Um, and today, our special guest, and we are so thrilled to have her here today with us, is April Kelly. April is a multi-award winning actress. She's the co-founder of Mini Productions and ambassador of Bipolar UK. April, you're joining us on the first podcast, so no pressure. <laughs> no pressure. Hi, guys. <laughs> Hi. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks um, for having me. So before we kind of go into your amazing work and a bit more about you, would you be able to tell us a little bit about your reactions to Tully and This Way Up and sort of what they said to you about mental health? Yes, of course. Um, I'm not going to lie to you guys. I'm only a little bit away through um, Tully. Uh, that, yes. that one I didn't quite get all the way through. Um, but it is, it's a very good portrayal. Um, of what new mums have to go through. And, and and again, I'm not going to lie to you, I'm not a new mum. I'm not a mum in general. I can barely look after myself. Um, <laughs> but it's a topic that isn't shown on screen. Um, we see a lot of people getting pregnant and having a baby. And it's happily ever after. So mm. it is really good to see that other side. And Charlize Theron, her, um, her dark comedy timing is, is brilliant. Um, this way up though thank you for bringing it to my attention I can't believe I haven't seen it oh, uh, yeah. I actually binge watched that all yesterday and I don't regret my decision <laughs> fantastic uh, <laughs> it's great um, and again because when people ask me like you guys um, what's your and it's probably poor to say what's your favourite um, piece of content that, that shows mental health and this is definitely right up there um, I saw a lot of myself in it, especially living in London and mm. uh, and uh, Ashleen Bay's um, character of uh, of pretending everything's fine because you're in London and you should be living your best life. Um, Absolutely. There are some, yeah, there are some great quotes um, in there. I particularly liked uh, when she said, "I tried to drown my sorrows, but the bastards learn how to swim." Uh, I think that's. Um, that's spot on yes it is <laughs> yeah and the end of the end of the series is is brilliant um where i've i've actually I've probably said a lot of these words but um another one the final line oh no am i going to give it up no it's not a spoiler is um <laughs> uh she's at her therapist and um she says i do want i do want to get better i do want to live uh but it's hard man the dailiness of it can be relentless um mm. but then she ends it saying do you want to hear a joke how many therapists does it take to change a light bulb one but the light bulb really has to want to change and I thought that was beautiful it it's a very it's a very beautiful script isn't it I think and mm. and Ashling B she's just 
she's so good at kind of using her comedy timing the, you know to create really poignant moments yeah Ashleen B said that wrong didn't I yeah <laughs> sorry Ashleen if you're, if you're listening I'm you sure she'll forgive you very, yeah, <laughs> you can tell it's very raw and personal to her um and I think it's beautiful yeah absolutely oh I'm so glad you enjoyed it I I absolutely loved it as well I binged the whole thing in one evening it was just I couldn't stop <laughs> it's amazing how some shows um uh, just uh, do that. I also find myself uh, watching, I've recently watched uh, Normal People, which I also re- re- read the book, but I literally binge watched uh, the, the entire series in, I think, two days. <laughs> um, and again, that's actually quite another one which was interesting around mental health. But um, Yeah, I haven't quite plucked up the courage to watch that because I know uh, I know people are like, oh, well, be careful, April. There's, there's quite mm. a bit of you in there. Um, <laughs> so I haven't done that. I was like, I'm too fragile. So I'm going to carry, carry on watching crime documentaries instead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yes April I mean of course uh, today's episode is about mental health but um, you know we we chose you as our guest for lots of amazing beautiful reasons but how uh, is this topic uh, relatable to you Um, and also if you could tell us a bit more about how you became an ambassador for uh, Bipolar UK yeah it's um it's it's peculiar to me because I've actually suffered with mental illness um, since the age of 15 and for a good five, six years uh, because the awareness um, wasn't as prominent as it is now. We've still got a long way to go. But when you're suffering as a teenager, it's so easy to say, well, this is what it's like to be a teenager. It's up and down hormones. Um, and then and then I was uh, I was really triggered. Um, when I was 18 and since then I've been on and off several different medication and and then finally was diagnosed with bipolar two years ago and everything made sense like this whole weight was lifted off my shoulders and then a whole new weight (laughs) was put back on Um, and it's such a shame because typically bipolar disorder takes years to diagnose because it's so nuanced and um, and I part of me is gutted it took best part of 15 years to diagnose but uh here now and it took a good year maybe a year and a half to get the right concoction of medication and um and and then I went back kicking and screaming to therapy um and on top of that back end of last year uh I was diagnosed with borderline personality disorder which is best friends with bipolar so I've got a two for one deal um <laughs> And, and at the time when I was diagnosed, I only told immediate friends and, and family, and uh, we all spent a year trying to get our heads around it. Um, and then I got the opportunity to write a letter to my younger self with Happyful Magazine. Um, Happyful Magazine's a superb mental health um, magazine, <laughs> and it's free. Uh, so definitely um, uh, sign up for that. And I did that because I didn't want to have to tell people. I know it sounds so silly. I'm I'm good at at speaking publicly and and writing articles. And I finally worked out why during this lockdown. And that's because I can't articulate myself or express myself when I'm one-on-one with a loved one. So I try and put everything into 
um, articles uh, in the hope those loved ones read it. Right, okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> so then off the back of that letter and exploring various different bits and bobs and Bipolar UK have always been an incredible resource to me and I'm very grateful for those lonely periods where they were there. Uh, and I got chatting to them. I, I said, could I write some bits and bobs for you? And then over the course of about six months, it got to a point where they said, look, do you want to be an ambassador and carry on with this? And I thought, why not? If if I can make someone, if I can help someone get out of bed in the morning, that's worth it. And, um, and I just thought about my 15-year-old self, and I wish she had someone who was as open as people are nowadays. What kind of work is it that you do for Bipolar UK? It's a lot of media-based stuff. So um, I go to their events, talk at their events, and they're starting a commissioner program. So I'm going to be one of their commissioners as well. And uh, and it is, it's it's doing things like this podcast. It's it's writing article. It's coming up with videos. I did a video this mental health week instead of an article. Um, and and that's that's a lot of it. And because it's quite new, where it's evolving, and we're we're learning about what the community does want to hear. So um, during this lockdown, we started Wednesdays with April. So I live stream um, oh, every Wednesday on their Facebook page, and we have a different topic. And the thing is, I'm not an expert. I don't understand the ins and outs of the medication, mm. and um, and the new statistics that are coming through. I'm the one that tends to not announce them. God, it's not something to be proud of, but it's it's something I I bring to um, bring to light with with the community. Thank you so much for sharing this with us, April. And um, I wanted to talk a bit uh, about your film Treacle because I guess there is a lot of um, correlation between uh, mental health and bisexuality, and and perhaps this is something that. Um, you could talk to us about yeah definitely um because uh, i do identify as as bisexual and um and i like to call it the mighty bye-byes um it's interesting because uh since you know speaking publicly about this um i actually didn't embrace my sexuality until i was probably about 25 26 although i've dated both genders since the age of 18 um it's something bisexuality and bi visibility and bi erasure are equally as important to me um, because I spent <laughs> I spent uh, 18 to 25 going I'm fluid I don't need a label and then the more I learn about it I just thought there's a responsibility of, of being proud of bisexuality and then I looked into it more and um, a new a new piece of information that, that I've learned recently is that bipolar disorder is 70% genetic and 30% triggered by trauma, mm. which is interesting. It is. I had no idea it was um, genetic uh, related. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's been proven. Uh, and then that ho- opens up a whole other uh, can of worms because, you know, with Tully as well, I thought, right, well, I'm thinking, do do I have a baby? Do I risk passing this on? Because I wouldn't work. I wouldn't wish this on my worst enemy. Mm. Um, and like the the statistics are heartbreaking. Um, you know, bipolar increases the risk of suicide by twenty times. 
and um, bisexuals are reported to be more likely to take their own lives compared to the rest of the LGBTQ plus community and mm. heterosexuals. And then I learned through doing treacle that bisexuality makes up the most of the uh, LGBTQ plus community, which is so strange because when, when I started putting treacle together, I couldn't find a bisexual organisation in the UK for love nor money. That's why I went over to the States and found the Bisexual Resource Centre and I was like, oh my God, these are my people. Hello, welcome. And Treacle actually stemmed from uh, any experiences that I've had and they're very triggering. Um, so the premise of Treacle is it's a buddy film and what happens more often than I'd like to admit is your seemingly heterosexual friend has a few too many drinks and because you're bisexual it does, it's not as threatening I would say as, uh, unless instead of um, being gay uh, so they think it's comfortable to explore their sexuality with you mm. um, and then it's the fallout of that because so often in, in films and TV you see a bisexual character and it's often a phase or a segue into lesbianism. Mm. And I wanted to show the, the really sad fallout of friendships after that. And, um, and one of the lines that is said at, near the end is, if I was a lesbian, this wouldn't have happened. And if I was a dude, it wouldn't be an issue. Absolutely. <laughs> Spot on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and it really affects your, your mental health because you wake up the next morning and and, and you're the, <laughs> you just feel like, you just feel quite dirty and you're just like, oh my God, like why, why are you reacting like this when you have been the person to pursue it? And um, April, whereabouts can people watch Treacle? Hmm. Well, it's actually still doing the festival circuit, ah. but hot off the press, um, it will be on Amazon Prime Ooh. on the 23rd of September, Exciting. which is by Visibility Day. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Um, so let's talk a little bit about Modern Love, which was uh, your choice. Um, I just want to say thank you so much for for picking it because I absolutely loved it. Um, I I just thought it was so moving and so beautiful, and it really made me cry. Um, just to add, are there? I think it's Modern Love episode three. Yes, it is. Episode yes. three. That's the one. I loved it as well. And it, you can watch it out of order. It doesn't. It yeah. doesn't matter. So just go straight to number three. Just yeah, brilliant. Yeah, so that is what I did. <laughs> um, so obviously, you know, you've talked to us about um, your work with Bipolar UK and having bipolar. So that kind of, you know, is, I'm assuming, why Modern Love was your choice. But can you sort of talk to us a little bit more about why you chose it and what you think of it? And yeah, what it what you sort of think it says about bipolar? Yeah, of course. Um you know, since watching This Way Up, um, that that centre character is possibly more like my lifestyle, um, like similar age because Anne Hathaway's character is a little bit older, mm. but she, you know, she does have the diagnosis of um, Lexi, sorry, her, 
her character name has a diagnosis of bipolar. And it's funny because whenever I can't sleep, whenever my meds, for whatever reason, can't knock me out, I Google um, or I search on Twitter about bipolar. And Anne Hathaway's face popped up. And it uh, this is on a Monday, and it genuinely came out on, like, the Friday before. So I sat down with a friend, and I was so nervous because mental health on the whole isn't really represented mm. as well as I'd like it to be. And they usually tarnish it with a with one brush of the same thing and, and the nuances of, of uh, specific mental health that where mental illness, whether that's bipolar, schizophrenia, borderline. Um, so I sat down and I thought, oh my God, please just just do this right. And uh, and I I can't believe it. I sobbed. I uncontrollably sobbed because they nailed it. They nailed it from the moment she goes and um, and finds that man in the supermarket um, all the way through to to the end. So yeah, watching it and I had my head in my hands. I was laughing because mm. I just recognised everything. And I actually wrote an article for Happyful about it, which highlights my my top moments and. Um, and the end scene in particular is just so moving and Anne Hathaway's performance. Like it it happens, that, that feeling of being possessed and one minute and it just comes over you, this heaviness. And it doesn't matter how much you try and grapple out of the it's quicksand. Um and then she does say at this one of the points, said, life is too interesting to sleep sometimes. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. And people call me a puppy. When I'm in that heightened mood, I, I am like a puppy and I don't mm-hmm. need to sleep. So amongst this uh, final scene where Lexi Anne Hathaway's character actually tells uh, her work colleague that she's just lost her, lost her job. And she finally opens up and the colleague says what does it feel like and she said it like an elephant's taken one of its feet off, mm. off my chest um and and then right at the end uh Lexi says do you want to get a drink sometime or want to go to the movies or just want to see people I'm like that if someone is giving me an olive um an olive branch I'm gonna take it and and Sylvia goes all of the above you're the most fun I've ever been around. I'm not letting that go. And that is such a positive thing. And there is so many positives I feel for which my bipolar brings to me. And um, and I always say that the, when I got diagnosed, the first thing my dad said above anything else was I always knew there was a spark of genius in you. I love that. Beautiful. I, I, I loved uh, watching uh, Melton. Modern Love episode three. I th- I thought it was a beautifully um, you know shot uh, realization of what it is and what it means coming to terms with your true self with a hopeful conclusion. I just um, think that that entire episode, that story is 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 beautiful. I mean, how her moods and mental well being are so choreographed and in a way that is just, you know, it's flowing with her life. And for the first time, it is refreshing to see that we're not shown or depicted a mental health disorder in such an aggressive, brutal manner that we're always, you know, used to seeing on on screen, but actually in a human, honest way. And, And, you know, it's showing, I think, for the first time, her coping 
mechanisms, uh, which I think are, are very crucial. And, 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 and one of the quotes that I love what she said is, is she said, the one human being that accepts the two people in you. And I think that's, that's very key because it's about accepting uh, ourselves and accepting that we have this, you know, multi-layered uh, people inside us. Uh, right, April? I mean, I, oh, I God, don't know yeah. much about bipolarism, but I can only imagine that it's, you know, not just maybe, you know, when people say, oh, you've got uh, two sides, actually, maybe this multi-layers, I'm thinking. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. And, and actually, during this lockdown, uh, there's been so much stillness, and I don't have the excuse of busy London life to, you know, to, to hide behind. Mm. And I've sat and I've gone, yeah, I, I am living with a mental illness. And I've gone back home to my parents, actually, because I live by myself in London. And it's the first time, because I haven't been living with them for over 10 years, and it's the first time they've seen it. And my bipolar is very undulating. So within a day, you can see several different versions of me. Um, and it is tiring. It's so exhausting. And... Mm. And you find yourself apologising all of the time. And I actually said on my live stream this week um, about kindness. And I had to remind everyone, I was like, we didn't choose to have this. It, no, one, mm. no one chose to have diabetes or, or other, other um, illnesses. So why are we so, so ashamed of it? We didn't choose to have this. So you need to be kind of yourself, um, which we, we're not so good at. <laughs> And what I like about modern love as well, because it focuses on dating, and that's mm. just something I'm so emotionally immature about, and, and I'm so behind all of my friends who are starting to settle down, and you know, even her, even her calling the guy that she started dating at like half seven in the morning. I'm mm. like, yeah, why not? <laughs> I feel we should do a, an episode on this alone. <laughs> yeah. I was just going to say, I think what I, because obviously Senegal is a, a feminist outlet, and what I really thought was so beautiful about this episode was that we're kind of expecting it to be a huge love story about her and this guy who she's met in the supermarket. And, you know, actually it's not at all. It's the person she chooses to tell is her friend. And it's yeah. it's a love story with herself and kind of accepting herself which I yeah. just I love every time I see that on screen I'm like yes <laughs> yeah yeah definitely and, and and the way that she she deals with that moment when when she's in the bathroom and that's when I just lost it and it is it is that feeling of it, you presume you, you keep thinking about what the other person thinks and like she said how would he deal with a damaged psyche and it's like and especially with the borderline, the borderlines for me is very much about attachment and abandonment. And when she's please come back, don't come back. And then, um, and then she says so beautifully, um, not giving people a chance to make up their own mind about her. Mm. Um, and that is something no one. Uh, I, I've been dating someone recently, and that's the first person that ever. I ever opened up about and why did I do that because a couple of months in I became the ambassador of Bipolar UK and it's pretty hard <laughs> to uh, hide then. <laughs> yeah it's sort of forcing you isn't it? <laughs> Thank you.
Um, April, just in general, what do you think about kind of bipolar represented in TV? Because for me, I don't actually have any kind of close friends who have bipolar. Um, so for me, my kind of understanding of bipolar has always been through film and TV. Um, when I was young, there was a storyline on EastEnders that I remember, and that was sort of the first time that I ever came across bipolar and and kind of mental illness in general. Um, what what do you think about that? Do you think that it is generally represented well, or do you think it it needs further work? I think we're getting there. Um, there's definitely not enough, but of course we don't we don't need to have it everywhere. Um, I don't know. It's um. I have you guys seen my crazy ex girlfriend? Yes, I was going to ask you about that. Yeah, mm. and uh, the lead in that, and I believe in real life, is living with borderline personality mm. disorder. And I actually watched the first series, and I thought, wow, this is too much. This is just I can't. Mm. And then I found an article uh, which said, you know, she reveals in the second series that she has borderline. And I was like, oh, I've got to give this another go. Then that's so bad of me to do that um and I was I just thought wow I've never seen this represented and when I got diagnosed I didn't even know what bipolar was Mm. I I kind of maybe six months before the diagnosis I was really focusing on on what these patterns and behavior was and then I found bipolar so I mean that goes to show you how little it's represented I mean I work in the industry and if I if I was 27 when I discovered it, so there is a lot a lot to do. There's another film on Netflix, and it's got Kristen Wiig playing a character called Alice. It's called Welcome to Me. And again, this is the issue. I always just stumble upon these TV and film series. There's it, they don't they're essentially indie, and they don't get a a, a lot of push behind them and, and if they do uh like modern love or my crazy ex-girlfriend they kind of steer clear for of the mental health and they dress it up as something else but welcome to me is a really interesting portrayal of someone with borderline um it, it is different and it's quite tricky to watch and there is an extremity to it which is easy to laugh at um and there's pros and cons to that. And actually, you know, a lot of mental health and mental illness can be quite amusing. Some of the stuff I do, it is laughable. And and the moment in um, Modern Love where she wants muesli for dinner, my business partner, Sarah, loved that moment. She called me up and she was like, that's you. When you're not good, you eat dried oats from the packet. So there has to be half find the humour in it as well so there certainly needs to be a balance absolutely I completely agree I agree so um, April if you could make a film about mental illness what would happen it's funny I, I knew you guys were um, were going to bring this up and uh, I'm actually I've actually written two short films so uh, Treacle I knew I had three stories in me and Treacle was the one that was bursting out of me first. So I'm now doing the trilogy of April Kelly that no one asked for, but they're going to get. <laughs> uh, uh, so the next one after Treacle is called Do This For Me. And it's um, a female ensemble piece about maintaining friendships in your 20s. 
because it's so easy to let the weeks and months pass without even checking in. And then mm. when you do check in, the self-publicist in all of us wants to be like, everything's great. We know how we're fine. Don't worry. God forbid something is wrong. Mm-hmm. So you see these friends come together who haven't been together since one of the girls' birthdays. And and it starts off um, sober and, and chatting about bits and bobs. And then they seem to be there to help one of their friends shoot a documentary. So in between what's happening in the kitchen, you cut to this docu-style where um, where they're paying tribute to someone or sending love and you're not sure what, what it is but the more they drink the more the facade breaks down and and then you find out at the end the punch to the gut is they're actually filming a eulogy for their friend who has taken their own life mm-hmm. um, and you know it's it's uh, it's something which I won't do this for me to be a story to remind you that everything else can wait when someone you love needs you. And, you know, between all of these girls who were keeping up their own, keeping up appearances and then, you know, dealing with their with their own lives, which is all consuming. And in the twenties you're juggling careers, romance and the fear of turning thirty. <laughs> and um, and I read once that uh, there's nothing riskier than pretending you don't care. Um, and all through this, there was someone silently crying for help, and none of them, none of them was were listening. So that's do this for me. Um, and then the final short film that I'm doing is called Just in Case. And the logline for that is: How do you tell your dad you've written a suicide letter just in case? And how do you act to your daughter's confession, powerless in knowing you can't fully take the pain away from your little girl? Um, and it's a combination of uh, things that I articulate in recent years, but it's set in in a place where I was in um, uh, at the age of 18, because when I was in a bad place and still living at home, my parents didn't really know what to do. So my dad used to take me to a service station because it was no one's destination. People were coming and going, and I was very unlikely to see anyone I know. So it's uh, it's something that unfolds in, um, in a conversation between a father and daughter. Oh, wow. They, they both sound really powerful. Um, and I know I definitely... <laughs> I mean, I know I definitely really relate to, you know, the kind of the female friendships in your 20s and, and the pressure to always... Wow, look at look at me! My career is going really well. I'm not struggling with anything mm. at all. <laughs> um, we yeah. sort of we did sort of cover this a little bit in uh, one of the other questions, but how do you think that the film industry can help to reduce stigma on mental health issues generally? I think the stigma, as well, um, first and foremost, needs to be eradicated from the real life behind it. Mm. Um, the industry, our industry, it's no shocker that. Um, that, that a lot of people do live with mental illness. Uh, you only have to Google famous people who lived or are living with it. Um, they're incredibly talented and creative, but it's hard to function. And I think, first, firstly, we need to acknowledge that mental illness is in the industry. And sometimes I've heard that talent 
you have to rejuggle the schedule right I like I mm. said to you guys when you suggested 10 a.m I said could we do 11 because my meds make me groggy in the morning so once we release some of that and, and recently they have been doing surveys and and learning more about that and then it's finding the courage within the creators to to feel brave enough to put stories out there and it's similar with bisexuality the stories need to come from an authentic place yeah um, you can't this is why i think there was so much struggle with uh, bisexuality on screen because it was being written by people who weren't bisexual so they mm -hmm. didn't know how to tie up a storyline and and i always praise desiree akaban because uh she was the first person uh, where i saw true bisexuality on screen because uh, she was a bisexual and it was appropriate behavior i couldn't recommend it more have a have a gander i mean i know before we sort of uh touched upon the uh, bisexuality and um and gender and, and mental health but do you think your genders as woman and mental health uh have you know are related or have created um obstacles within perhaps your career your work um your friends i've never really thought about the gender side of things i think that on the whole men possibly um suffer uh or, or, or the likeliest likelihood of suicide might be higher but i i, I don't know that so um uh, don't quote me on that so uh, potentially but i never thought about my gender i know there's um there's uh, a lot of gender um, inequality in in our industry um but myself and sarah have never really let that bother us or let that stop us we just thought just crack on with it I mean, we weren't gonna be yelling about it you know we can only make a difference if we're cracking on and creating work where it's equal um so no i don't i don't think my gender is is a, is affected by uh, mental health i mean bisexuals women are more sexualized uh, if you're bisexual mm. um but yeah i don't really i don't really see it affecting much i mean i think that's good <laughs> that's yeah. definitely a good thing <laughs> so april where can where can people follow you and where will they be able to uh, learn more about your work Oh, yes. Uh, so on Twitter, I'm April underscore underscore Kelly, K-E-W-L-E-Y. And yes, April underscore Kelly was taken. Uh, <laughs> and Mini Productions, our production company is Mini underscore Prods. And on Instagram, it's the same for Mini. And for me, it's April underscore Kelly because I managed to get that one. <laughs> uh, <When? laughs> and, um, and yeah, you if you type in mini productions our website comes comes up and just keep an eye out for treacle 23rd september we will i'm gonna be on it <laughs> <laughs> um april thank you so much for joining us today and and sharing with us your incredible life experiences your personal thoughts um you know you, the the incredible path you've uh been going through the past years and and who you are now uh, absolutely incredible force <laughs> thank you <laughs> take each day as it comes <laughs> it comes in a 
peaks and troughs, I can assure you. Yeah, well, thank you so much for joining us, April, and for being, you know, the first guest on the Synagogue podcast. There was a lot of pressure, but um, I think you have, you've raised the bar. So um, stay tuned for the next episode. Yes, thank you, guys. Thank you.